Greetings all and welcome to another session of Speaking Through My World. Today I want to focus on the use and the impact that hashtags have in connection with gender-based violence. I live in a country which, for instance, Johannesburg, the city that I live in, is known as the rape capital of the world. So my country has been living in a pandemic for many, many, many decades, way before COVID-19 even happened. In fact, in 2018, our president was invited to a gender summit where he admitted that our country was in a crisis. So over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot more support from corporates, from, from individuals, from private entities uh, to, to, to create projects and platforms um, to try and find strategies to end gender-based violence. And we welcome that. that. That is amazing because for too long, uh, this problem has been put on the shoulders of, of counsellors, of social workers, of NGOs, who really, really run and, and, and operate on, on shoestring budgets with very, very little resources. So we, so we support the, and we welcome the support from, from, from other sectors. But one of the major issues we need to also look out for while we're all creating this collective um, 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 support and, and, and strategies to end gender-based violence is that we need to be very, very careful and specific about the type of narrative that we're using. You see, for too long, the narrative around women, around gender non-conforming people, around LGBT, the LGBTQI community, around gender-based violence has been very, very negative and has been driven from a patriarchal and a misogynistic ideology. And so all of us, as all of us need to unlearn this, these type of teachings and the way we see each other and the way we see ourselves, we need to be careful that we don't use that old type of narrative in the hashtags and the campaigns that we're pushing forward. So when creating the hashtag, where are you getting your narrative from? Where are you getting your content from? Are you consulting from people that are experts within the field? Are you going through research? Because the research is there that is being put out by, by gender-based gender, gender violence experts People have been working in the sector for a very, very long time. Or are you simply just running a survey and speaking to friends and thinking, well, within my community, this is how it's going to be impacted? Because as much as all of these different resources are important, uh, it's very, very important to listen to what people who have been in the sector or have suffered within the sector, what they're saying about the reality that's written on the ground. There are many, many different government sites that you can look at that, which is great in paper of what we can do and combat it. But a lot of the time, that narrative and that education doesn't really correspond, correspond or reflect with what's actually happening on the ground. Moving on to my next point, when you are consulting, we need to get out of the habit of expecting activists and professionals on the ground to consult for free. We need to move away from expecting this and people handing over the intellectual property, their time, their effort. Because remember, gender-based violence, there's so many different facets to it. You have your physical, you have your, your sexual, you have your emotional, psychological, but you also have your financial. And by expecting somebody else to do work for you on such a large scale for free is another form of gender-based violence. So remember that.
And then when you are consulting with people, are you listening and appreciating and respecting the agency that they're coming from? And when they guide you or question on some of your tactics, those questions and that concern is coming from a place of reality. They're coming from a place of, 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 of concern. Or are you just shutting them up and keeping them quiet because it doesn't fit into your mainstream or it's just too overwhelming for your space? Then the third, the third area of, of creating this hashtag is that what impact do you want it to create? So what, what me, the messaging that you send out, if, for instance, you're asking people to speak up or speak out and that you're going to show support and, you, and you're, going to, you're going to be your, your people's keepers in the industry and so forth, do you have mechanisms in place to support people who do need that, who do speak out? Because remember, when somebody speaks out against gender-based violence, you're dealing with a trauma, then you're dealing with a secondary and sometimes third level of trauma from society, um, that also comes from intimidation from, from the alleged perpetrators, from people who don't want this to come out. And with that, victims and survivors also need psychosocial support. So do you have those mechanisms in place should somebody need this? Or should somebody be able to speak out and you think that they're fine, but suddenly they have a relapse or what we call triggered by an environment or an event or, or a person? Do you have mechanisms in place to ensure that no additional trauma or emotional trauma is put on those people or that person? Or create safety or shelter for that person? And fourth, the campaigns and hashtags that you're pushing out, are they inclusive of everyone? Do you understand what, what it means to follow the theory of intersectional feminism? Do you understand the different dynamics that are involved in supporting the whole of the LGBTQI community? Is your narrative, is your dialogue, are your messages, are your mechanisms in place just there for women who come from a, a place of privilege or women who, who just speak English or does it include all people? Do you understand the, the level of violence that a trans woman from, from the Northwest province is faced compared to the level of violence that, 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 that uh, a white woman in Santon is faced. Granted, their pain is valid, but the dynamics and the support structure around both different um, uh, examples is very, very different. And so the narrative that you're putting out, who is it speaking to? So in closing... Uh, we definitely do need these campaigns and we definitely do need these platforms and projects. But we need it collectively. One of the other issues that have, have evolved is that there's so many groups speaking the same language but trying to push their, their, their projects and their platforms forward where the narrative is already written. So why not collaborate? And if you don't have the resources or you don't have the, the space or if it's too overwhelming for you, then don't do it. That's okay. Find another way where you can add value to the cause. 
because creating spaces and platforms where you're making these false promises and 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 they hashtags or they just campaigns or workshops, but they're not doing anything. What is the point? I mean, we understand because you do it because you you are something you do. And you know, you'll get funding from from international resources and so forth. But then, are you really bringing an end to gender-based violence, or are you doing it for your own entity? Food for thought. Thanks for listening.